You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 131. Thomas Miller back with you with another audiobook. <laughs> Didn't we just do two podcasts on audiobooks? Well, I got another one. And the reason I'm doing this episode on this newly released podcast just came out yesterday is primarily because of the topic of the book. I've told some of you in the coaching program about this, that it was coming out. The title of the book is Love, Sex, and Soulmates. Ah, yes. Do we have your attention now? <laughs> of course we do. It's this and money that everybody wants to talk about, right? So this is now up on Audible, and I thought I would just play you a couple of excerpts from it. It's a short book. It's a quick listen, so about three hours, I think, just, just a smidge over three hours. But it is the only book that Fred Dodson has written so far that is exclusively about relationships. So I wanted to remind you also about the Facebook page that we have now called Fred Dodson Audiobooks. And I've been giving away some audiobooks on there. So if you are not on that page, by all means, come like the page. You've got to be pretty quick to get the books because people jump on there when it's posted. But hey, follow it. And if you're there at the right time, then we'll get to you. You'll, you'll be in there at the right time at the right place and pick one up for yourself at some point. But yeah, check that out. Like the page. It's real easy. Fred Dodson Audiobooks on Facebook. Now, let's take a listen to some excerpts from Love, Sex, and Soulmates. I'm going to start this with the should I leave or should I stay question. A lot of people ask that one, right? You might be asking it right now. Well, have a listen, and then I'll put a couple of other sections in there as well. The divorce or stay question question that sometimes pops up in my coaching work is, should I divorce my wife or husband or stay with him or her? This section is for those who have seriously asked themselves such a question. I won't offer any prescription because that's for you to decide, but I can offer a few interesting observations. Any dilemma you face is rooted in the emotional ambivalence of both sides feeling not right. You can gain a lot of relief by allowing both sides to feel all right. The manner in which you do this is to imagine or list the benefits of staying, and then imagine and list the benefits of going. You'll feel a subtle shift in attitude, because thus far you have subconsciously been focused on the disadvantages of staying and the disadvantages of going. You can also program your subconscious to handle the issue so that your burden is released. This simple but powerful exercise puts you back into the driver's seat and the deeper truth that you are not completely dependent on circumstances. You are the boss of your inner state. Of course, when you are both happy about staying and happy about going, then no decision will have been reached yet. But deciding for either or neither is now less painful. In general, if you are considering divorce, then the marriage hasn't been going well for a longer time. We never divorce right on time. It usually happens years later because most of us are forgiving and loyal. The ambivalence we experience may involve many different factors. On the one hand, we may be deeply in love with another new person. On the other hand, we may not want to abandon the children we have with our current spouse. Or... On the one hand, we may be disgusted by our old partner, and on the other hand, leaving might spiral us into poverty, or so we believe. The ambivalence and stark disadvantages of both sides causes a constant state of tension within. 
it really is this inner tension and unhappiness that should be dealt with first before any actions are undertaken. Now, if you add to that fear of hurting the old partner, plus fear of losing the new one, you are set up for some serious suffering. In a coaching context, all these fears and doubts need to be untangled so that a person finds inner strength and happiness, regardless of outside circumstances. A tension that has been fixated on the old partner and the new partner needs to return back to self and one's own well-being in the here-now. A few of my past coaching sessions have presented the scenario of people having grown tired of their old partner, having fallen in love with a new partner, and children being involved. All of them would have found it easier to divorce had no children been involved. So in these cases, it feels bad to stay with the old partner, and it also feels bad to deprive the children of a family. What I usually coach in such cases is this. Feel well, loving, and responsible toward your old partner. 2. Feel well, loving, and responsible toward your children. 3. Feel well, loving, and responsible toward your new partner. It might take hours to sort out your inner world in these three items, but when an inner sense of well-being toward all parties involved is established within, then curious things begin happening things start resolving themselves, even if the mind cannot imagine how these supposedly contradictory realities match. Why not just love them all? Love is the universal hardship dissolver that works on anything. Consciousness is big enough to handle anything and anyone. How to Transform Lovesickness This section will help you overcome lovesickness that arose from someone you've fallen in love with who rejected you. Not having found your own soul yet, you tend to glorify others. When they reject you, a part of you tends to glorify them even more. If the other causes feelings in you that you've never experienced by yourself, by experiencing the light of your soul, then you tend to become dependent on that person. Once he or she rejects you, you begin imagining how much you supposedly want that person. Remember, the ego always wants what it believes it can't get. If you feel a lot of hurt or lovesickness after rejection, a part of that is because your ego has been put into question. Its thin layer of self-esteem has been injured. If you identify too strongly with the ego, saying, I am this body-mind, your survival has been questioned and your attention gets stuck on the person that threatened your survival. At the lowest level of self-respect, you then think about that person day in and day out, hoping for that special phone call that never comes. Your attractiveness in this state of neediness goes down to zero. Why? Because you believe that you can only shine with that other person. Hence, you don't shine at all. You are not attractive. At this level, there is a strong longing you think that longing is for the other person, but it actually is a longing for your soul, which you have separated yourself from. There is a sense of loneliness, craving, and restlessness. These feelings were not caused by the other person. They were already within you. They are reactivated by the event, and they come from self-rejection. You can only be rejected by someone if you have rejected yourself first. 
At the next higher level, you want to practice revenge or turn the game board around. This is a whole level of energy higher and also feels more free and creative. You think about how you can get that person back, set things straight, or make him or her dependent on you rather than you being dependent on him or her. But all of this is still not really free because it is all still based on having attention stuck on that other person. That person pushed a button, and all attention, which equals energy, is with him or her, while your energy is being sucked out of you. You may be looking for techniques or methods on how to regain his or her love, but all of that is still part of the limitation, part of the preoccupation, and part of thinking that he or she is more important than your own soul. These are the games the hurt inner child plays. If you're feeling hurt due to rejection, you have a special opportunity. The event is of special use. It can allow you to go beyond those first two levels to a higher level in which you find yourself and you find your soul. This can be accomplished by releasing your attention from the other person. And you can only release attention properly by deliberately putting your attention elsewhere. Elsewhere could be to friends, hobbies, books, work, etc. Anything other than what you have made your focal point. If you can no longer derive any emotions out of anything other than that person, then you have gone far, far, far away from your soul. You can learn to enjoy quality time with yourself again, to enjoy simple things. You release your attention from needing to get that person back needing to show him or her who is right, and needing to show that person how great you are. A few weeks ago, I worked with someone who had a real difficulty letting go. It was a woman who had been rejected by some asshole who had treated her with zero respect. Her entire coaching session with me was built on her desire to get him back. She was looking for me to teach her how to get him back for me to teach her techniques on how to manipulate men to get them back. Of course, the entire session was based on an illusion, which is why doubt and fear permeated the whole thing, with questions like, do these techniques really work? How do these techniques work? Etc. I had been trying to teach her the idea of letting go and finding her soul, but to no avail. Everything I said was understood as a technique to get him back, Exasperated, I gave up my conventional methods and used a trick. I asked her to write a text message containing the most embarrassing thing she could say and what she would be afraid of saying out of fear that she would get rejected. She had already been rejected but was still terrified of being rejected by him. I lied to her, telling her that we would not send the text message to him. She wrote it and I grabbed the phone and sent it off to him. She was livid. That's not a good idea at all. Oh, my God, no! What have you done? Her whole body began trembling with fear and terror. This was the energy she had been suppressing all along. She was terrified of how he would reply. She was terrified of being rejected and terrified of making a bad impression. In other words, she had zero self-respect, which is why she had attracted a man who had zero respect toward her. I asked, why is it so damned important what he thinks about you or your text? And why is it so damn important what his response will be? The ego fighting for survival 
is not a pretty sight. But I thought I was supposed to follow my bliss. This doesn't feel good at all. You teach I'm supposed to do what feels good, she queried. To which I responded, but following him does not feel good. It may feel good for the few hours when he's at your place, but so do drugs. Drugs feel good for a few hours, but what about the rest of the time? What I mean by follow your bliss is not this feel-good nonsense that avoids real life and projects happiness outside of oneself. What I mean by follow your bliss is the deep, resounding vibration of wholesomeness that comes from following your soul. Once I sent that text message, you looked like a drug addict gone cold turkey. I took the phone away from her so she could not write a follow-up message telling him that she had not written the first one. When she returned from the restroom, I lied to her again. He responded. Her heart started beating rapidly. I meditated with her, imploring her to quit making her being and happiness dependent on a text message. Once she was relaxed, I showed her the phone and that there was no message. Your agitated state was based on a lie. I told you a lie and you tensed up, I commented. If you are yourself and have self-respect, it doesn't matter what text message you write and what text message you receive. You are much more than his opinion of you. You are much more than a relationship. The guy did respond the next day. His response was humorous and nothing threatening at all. Unfortunately, she took that to mean that he was interested in her again and got all excited and attention stuck again. If I was her, I'd let go of him completely. But I'm not her, and she'll have to learn the lesson for herself. I hope that she extends some more admiration and love towards herself, spends more quality time with herself, and learns to be happy by herself. This will make her truly attractive, not only in the sense of being good-looking, but also in attracting better men. So, that was love, sex, and soulmates. And the big takeaway for me in there was that we have to work on ourselves, right? It's what we do in here, pointing to my chest, <laughs> is what we get out there with arms extended. So the real focus truly is about us and what we incubate will show up in our lives. And that's whether you're looking for a relationship, what kind of person you're going to draw in, or if you're in a relationship. You know, I've always said relationships are always flowing. I mean, energy is always flowing. So relationship, quote-unquote, could be anything. It could be employer-employee or employee-to-company that you're working for. It could be parent-child, child-parent. doesn't just have to be romantic relationships like we're talking about here. And in that, you're either growing or regressing. You're never sitting still. And even though it might seem like one person in the relationship might be sitting still, the energy of the relationship is not. So you're always working on it. And that was the takeaway for me was that introspection of focusing on here first and not worrying so much about what's going on out there, which got to admit in my relationship scars of the past was way too much of the focus and way too little of the focus on what's going on in here. Well, Love, Sex, and Soulmates is available on Audible. You, I think it's on iTunes already. It usually takes a day or two later, but you can check there if that's your favorite place to buy audiobooks. And for sure, come check us out at the Facebook page, Fred Dodson Audiobooks on Facebook. Thanks for listening to this. Hope it helps. Hope you pick up the book, and I hope it transforms your love life.
Thanks for listening. I'm Thomas Miller. Enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.